All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fuck nicks, what the fuckettes? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. How's everybody doing? Vaxxed? Half-vaxxed? No-vaxxed for different reasons? What's happening? It seems like half the country is vaxxed up. Fighting back. Fighting back with science against the uh, primordial monsters. The evolution of the things without bodies. That's right. Renegade strands of RNA and DNA that just need to be whole. And they're going to use us. They're going to use ourselves. They're going to use us to, to uh, fulfill their mission. Right? Fuck them. Wyatt, God knows they're all getting stronger. The bugs are getting stronger. The bugs will win. You know, everyone says that, uh, you know, it's the end of the world. No, it's just the beginning. It's the beginning of the new phase of bugs. And a new bug will crawl out of the soup and eventually evolve little little pod feet and then and then little webbed feet and then little uh, feet feet and some new thing will come walking, walking amongst the garbage and digital detritus that we've left them. Plenty of hints with no players because electricity will be different. That's all I know. The same currents are not going to run things. Those, those things will not be harnessed anymore. It'll be a new age and it'll have nothing to do with us. Good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, have a nice sleep. What are you doing? What are you fucking doing? Today on the show, uh, Richard Kind is here. Uh, you know Richard, character actor. You've seen him uh, on TV shows like Mad About You, Spin City, Curb Your Enthusiasm. You've seen him in movies like A Serious Man and Argo. And a lot of people grew up with him as a voice in some formative childhood movies like Inside Out and Toy Story 3 and A Bug's Life. The bottom line is if you've seen Richard or even if you've just heard him, you don't forget him. He's one of those guys. Uh, he's currently in the show Everything's Gonna Be Okay, which is on Freeform and Hulu. And I talked to him because I said I would talk to him. I, I would run into him here and there. I, uh, I, I saw him. Well, I don't know. He approached me once and he said he was a huge fan of the show. And I was very flattered because I didn't know he knew me. And then I, I saw him uh, in the subway in New York. And I believe he was talking to himself. And I interrupted that. And I said, hey, Richard, hey, we're going to do it sometime. And then uh, he said, great. And he was excited. And then he went back to his conversation. And I walked away. I'll bring that up to him. Uh because I believe that's what happened. I believe it is what happened. Um, I seem to be embarking on an Irish soda bread journey that is really just a thinly veiled excuse for me to eat fucking bread and carbs, and but also to to focus in, to focus in on the craft of cooking. To focus in on the recipe, the cooking, the achievement, the, the, the thing that comes out of the oven and you go, oh my God, look at that. I hope it's good. And then you tear into it. And if it's bad, you angrily eat it or throw it away. But whatever the case, I've been uh, anxious and aggravated more so than usual, only because I think we're starting to re-enter life, which is exciting. And uh, I've been enjoying that. I had, uh, who'd I have over the other day? Kristen Hirsch. Um from the throwing muses and from 50 foot wave and from her solo career and from the author of rat girl, somebody who I saw maybe 35 years ago playing what I think was the, uh, Kinvara pub, maybe something like that. I don't remember. It was upstairs in a room off a, off a bar, the throwing muses before anyone knew who they were. And it was me and about 12 other people because I worked with Tanya Donnelly who went on to become uh, part of belly. 
she was in Throwing Muses, and she worked at the restaurant I worked at, so we all went to support, man. But once you see Kristen Hirsch, you do not forget Kristen Hirsch. And I got to talk to her. I guess the point is, she got this new book out called Seeing Sideways, a memoir. But uh, she was staying down the street with her bass player, Fred, at a hotel. And I was like, come over for dinner. Why don't you come over for dinner? So they did. And I cooked for people. I had a small dinner gathering with Fred and Kristen and my friend Kit. And we ate fish and desserts and things. Maskless. We're out there on the precipice of engaging like normal people again. We had some laughs. But it's, again, I want to emphasize that not as weird as you think it's going to be. It is just It just isn't weird. I guess it's all what you put into it and how you look at it, but uh, it's it's more of a, an almost subtle relief. Now, I'm recording this before the Oscars, and something has happened over, uh, over this break, over this year of terror and panic, is that uh, you start to realize, like, hey, man, uh, you know, certain institutions need to be upheld and rebuilt. But uh, what is life like without certain institutions? Like, I, I've seen, I believe, most of the Oscar movies, and I'm sure I'll look and see who won, and I'll be happy. Maybe I'll, I'll have even talked to some of them. Uh, but I don't want to watch the ceremony. Maybe that's just because I know it's not quite up to speed, and I've got this aversion to compromised uh, ceremonies because of, you know, this virus, because of the bug because of the bug. Man, these bugs are hard to beat, aren't they? Hard to beat. But I guess I'm saying that um, I'm not feeling like I'm gonna, I missed the ceremony. It doesn't matter. I just realized, fuck you guys. Fuck it. I'm, I'm getting older. I'm at a point in my life where I started to think about you know, re-entering stand-up, starting to think about what I needed to say, who I needed to say it to, and why. Am I a song and dance man? Do I need to entertain? Those kind of questions. But really it becomes sort of about at what level would you like to communicate at? Who would you like to talk to? What is it that you're, how would you like to talk? And you start to realize that, especially because we've been down for a year and mostly engaging through platforms or through Zoom or through mediated um, means, that uh, a lot of times, you know, communications is clip, it's tight. A lot of times it's infantile, it's teenage. A lot of times you wonder like, why am I speaking with this brevity, with this you know precision, with this uh, lack of, of tone? It's because our brains are all being trained to communicate in, in short blurts. And sometimes it's the entire cultural dialogue is fucking utterly infantile. And it's sort of like, is this, is this really how I want to spend the last quarter of my life is engaging in infantile cultural conversation and watching people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s call each other pussies. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are we, 14? So I started to think about that. Think about what is the presentation? Where are we at? Where am I at? What do I give a fuck about? Those should have been answered. I had a year to answer that quiz. I had a year. 
how do we want to speak? How do I want to speak? What do I want to say? Where's my head at? What have I figured out? What am I processing? What am I moving through? And I no longer w- know what I said at the beginning of this goddamn broadcast. That's, what my, that's what's going on with my brain. As I am walking, the sidewalk is falling into a crevice behind me. As I am talking, the thoughts and words are falling into an abyss behind me. What is that? Is that meditation? Is that being present? Hey, what just happened? I don't know, man. You're going to have to look in the hole. You're going to have to throw a line down there. You're going to have to throw a hook. You're going to have to put some bait on it and try to figure out what the fuck I was thinking five minutes ago. That seems like a chore. Gone. Gone. Into the fucking abyss. I have been thinking about the past, though. I have been going over it. And I've been listening to classical music. And uh, a comic died a couple of days ago. Carl LeBeau is dead. You know, he hung in there, man. He had cancer and uh, he passed. And he's part of my past. He was part of my past during a very traumatic time. And uh, he was actually a contributor to that trauma. But, um, but I got closure. We got closure. I'm sure it was more important to me than it was to him. But he was... Uh, a great comic, a unique comic, uh, an underappreciated comic, and um, you should check out his stuff. Carl, L-A-B-O-V-E, the physicality of the thing. His physicality was a gift. Physicality, being physically funny and knowing how to work that uh, is, is a gift, and I always enjoy it. You know, I can, I can do physical comedy relative to me, but some guys write it. That's part of their thing. But uh, dark stuff, light stuff, animated stuff uh, in terms of how he performed, a unique guy, uh, a good guy for the most part. So uh, rest in peace, Carl. Man, looking back. Closure. What does that mean exactly? Sometimes I'm starting to realize, you know, as I you know get older and as I think about things and as I sort out what I still carry with me in my life. Resentments, hurts, periods of time that are lost, embarrassing moments. It's amazing that I can remember, emotionally remember, on a feeling level, embarrassing moments in my life from like seventh fucking grade. Like I can feel the feelings of that. But in terms of other people living or dead, It seems to me that sometimes you're not going to get closure, so you might have to just do it on your side. You might have to go ahead and close it up on your side. Just shut it. Just close it up on your side because, uh, you know, there's there's nothing happening on this side. And those are the fucking those are the the weights in a way. Closure is one thing. Letting go is another thing. But the burden of heartbreak and of mistakes and of the past you know whether or not you accept them is important but even when you accept them there's a weight to it and that weight is your life and uh from that weight you know hopefully you can find a little wisdom from uh exerting the muscle to carry those fucking bricks and then hopefully not build a wall with the bricks but just uh, throw them into the abyss behind you. <laughs> Today's metaphor day on WTF. Welcome. Welcome to it. Richard Kind is with us. What am I? Now I'm talking like a TV host. 
I enjoy Richard Kind. He um, he exudes an energy that I think is joy. But I talked to him a little bit about that. Uh, he t- he's just intense, and he he lights you up when you talk to him. And uh, there's nobody like him. Uh, he's in a show called uh, Everything's Going to Be Okay, which airs Thursday nights on Freeform and is streaming the next day on Hulu. And this is me uh, talking to Richard Kind. <laughs> I talk about being inspired by my grandmother's neighbors in uh, Pompton Lake, New Jersey. When I was a kid, the Newricks, Newricks lived next door. And uh, the ki- it was like I was a kid, right? And I was like, and, the, and their, son, their sons were teenagers. Mm-hmm. And they had these rooms. And it was the 60s, late 60s, early 70s. And it made such an impact on my brain. Carrie Newricks' room you know, changed my fucking brain. The posters, the books, the yeah. records. I was like, that's what that's how you live. Right. And Andy Sapiro had his basement. <laughs> you had that guy? Yeah. Andy Sapiro. <laughs> and he, Andy and you know, and I didn't love hard rock the way that he did, but right. I had to pretend to right. because I admired Andy Sapiro. Yeah. So I'm listening to Iron Butterfly. And sure. Going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the doors. And of course I like it, but he loves it. And how- <laughs> the sad thing is I wanted to listen to Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Did you, did you try to get him to do that in his big stereo? Uh, no. Who was no, who was that kid? Who Andy Sapiro? Yeah. Uh, he was a neighbor. Oh, yeah. You, Cousin. You, you rode your bike over to Andy's house, or you yeah. Elliot Lickstein, or you know Elliot yeah. Lickstein, or Mark Chamlin, you know, or Rick Milner. Yeah. yeah. Went over to their house, but Andy Sapiro had the room that you're talking about. Right. Right. Because he liked lived rock. in the basement. Did he live in the basement? Yeah. No. Was it a basement room? Yeah, that yes, was... it was a basement room. But it, so it, it was... wasn't his room. It was the. It was like a playroom, like a yeah, den. We, we all had playrooms, and you, <laughs> you, you had such high hopes. Yeah. I call it. The, okay, there's my explanation. This yeah. is my shorthand. Yeah. I call it the sewing machine. Right. My sister asked for a sewing machine mm-hmm. for, forever. She finally got a sewing machine. Yeah. It was used to hold my parents' TV. <laughs> Never, that, it was the TV stand. Never used. Never used. Yeah. So we had a basement with the exercise equipment, with the, the ping pong table. Yeah. Nothing. Never went down to the basement. There was a pool table in our first house mm-hmm. in this huge room, a shag, green shag carpet. Right when you walked in, it was probably supposed to be uh, a den. There was a fireplace in there. And my dad bought a pool table because it was a thing. Sure. And there it was, and none of us were very good at it. But my dad, a guy who worked for my dad, was a like loved pool. So then that guy, like, basically was at our house constantly. It so was, it, so people went down there. It was in. The, it was I'm, right when you walk in. It wasn't even in the basement. We, I, my room was in the basement. Oh, okay. My, me and my brother had. A but panel. your dad, but 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 this was something he aspired to. Yeah, we, whatever. It was a a thing. A phase. Yeah, a thing. Yeah, right. the, the manic sort of like compulsive, like, we're going to do this. We're going all in now. Uh, okay. And then it just sat there. And that's an awfully right. large thing. It became the thing that you rested your coat on or the briefcase. Yeah. Unless on. Bob came over and he made it a pool room. Oh, that's funny. So okay. Bob would come over and show us how to do trick shots and everything else. And he would smoke. It literally, he acted like it was his pool room. Oh, that's funny. It was his x-ray tech. My dad's x-ray tech. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, now you, you were saying your brother, you and your brother had what? 
We lived in a basement room. The, our room was the basement. It was uh, it was a redone basement with a bathroom and a playroom. There was like a, our bedroom was there. My mom fixed it up with shag carpet and I had posters up and they let me put fairly racy posters up. And then there was another room like uh, uh, next to it in the basement and my mother's un- cousin came out from New Jersey and they went down there and they found all these drugs in the in the light fixture of the other room it, when I was a kid. You, you, you mean your, your uncle stayed for a while? No, it was the cousin. No, it was from the people who lived there before. I don't know what <gasps> they did. That's great. Yeah, it's just like massive amounts of uh, narcotics. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, that's they, New Mexico, I we guess. Didn't, well, I get, but this is 1970, you know, wow. three. But so, I don't understand. It sounds like, okay, your dad was a doctor. Right. So he was admired in town. He was, not, right. any, not anymore. Okay, but he yeah. was, he was admired. He's a doctor, so yeah, he's a orthopedic. Substantial orthopedic. Well, you know, it's Albuquerque. It's not like a small town. By the but, way, it was just in Albuquerque. But of course, everyone in show business goes yeah. to Albuquerque now. Just, There's nothing good to say about it. One thing, I grew up there. The best fish and chips I've ever had. That's the weirdest thing I ever heard. I know it is. But what are you talking about? Twice. Two what are you talking places. about? Where the best? There's a new place. God, uh, um, I want to say the There's some little market right by this hotel. In Albuquerque, gonna have to tighten. Yeah, focus. And then there's d- downtown. More specific. So, yeah. so they they yeah. now have. When was the last time you were there? Not long ago. They have these eating courts they've built with like 15 restaurants. Oh, the food hall thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a popular thing in small cities. I've That's, seen it around. Well, in Albuquerque, I went to two. They have one, huh? And I didn't know that. Great. How long were you there? Uh, nine days. What days. were you shooting? Something we'll never see. What does now, that you mean? Know, you know, I, it was. Um, <laughs> now, we, we might. It was. It's called the Ray. Yeah. It was called the Ray. It's a movie. Yeah, a movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I got to play a gangster. There was no comedy in it. Okay. I got to play a gangster. It's so funny because when you walked in and you know you told me you, you were here to shoot Larry's show and whatever, mm-hmm. and then there was this like the way you said, uh, "So you working doing TV?" Like it was like uh, it was a moment where it registered to me. It's like oh, this is just a job that we do. You know, yeah, we're in the same business. Right. You know, he's here making TV. Why wouldn't I be making TV? Then I thought, like, why am I not making TV? And I'm like, I don't need to be making TV right now. But it's like, it's interesting thing that it's just our job. And I, you know, when I look at like all the stuff that you've done, there's a lot of work there that you're like, I, I, I work. I'm an actor. I, I, I do the work. I love it. Yeah. I, I love it. And it's not, it's not work. I mean, that's, uh, I'm going to start saying platitudes that I say yeah. and that I try and say to my son. Yeah. But how old is he? He's 16. Mm. And a wonderful. My children are wonderful. Well, how old is the other one? How many you got? Uh, two are yeah. 16. Yeah. So I have twins. Oh, you have twins. twins. 16. And one is 19. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, the 19-year-old is so liberal now that I am the grand dragon of the KKK. That's how liberal she is. Well, I mean, did it, uh, wasn't she always? I mean, was there a period? Did she go through a conservative phase? Or, what do you mean so liberal now? It's just how she's evolving, you mean? Evolving. Yeah. You know, there there's... There are years where they don't turn on the news. They don't know right. what's happening. Yeah, because they're too busy wondering if they look good or well, if the, somebody likes them. Who's what calling? I don't know. As long as it's yes, not caller. What is your, your question? Yeah, I, hold on. I, I I just don't know if it's the plumber. I'm sorry. I, I like there. It's rare, but like you know, there's a plumber. That's a you know. Maybe this is my jacket. Maybe it'll, it'll be good for the show. Let's see. Hello. Hi, what's up? Okay, thanks. Okay, bye. 
Well, I put mine on airplane mode. I'm, I'm at least I'm a little gracious to you. No, I, it was. <laughs> I didn't mean to be rude, and I never do that. And I just turned it off. But the plumber's coming. The drain needs to be snaked, Richard. I, un- <laughs> I, I live in New York. You think I? We have ours done four times a year. It, why? Because it's an old building, right. and you pay a certain amount of money, right. and they make it. The Mister Kind can yeah. come over yeah. this Monday. At oh, 12, so they service the building. That the building does that. No, no, no. You so got to pay for me, my place. All right, let's go back. Okay, hold on. But I have a question. What? Why isn't your phone? If you have a plumber coming over, yeah. Who else are they going to call? You got to keep it on. Keep the phone on. No, she just told me he's coming. She he's coming in, a, in an hour. Well, what if I talk a lot? Then they'll wait. It'll be fine. Okay, that's money. I, I, waiting is I, money. I don't care. It's like, you know, look, I have a second shower. It, it, they, this is a mistake. They fucked it up. Oh, okay, go ahead. Let's talk about things. What? What did you want to say? Well, I, I've, like, there's a, a warmth that you have that's a specifically uh, a, a Jewish kind of thing to me. Okay. You know, like... That's the biggest curse you could put on me, but I understand. No, no, like, I'm always happy to see you. Yes. And, like, I had Mandy Patenkin in here. And there's, you know, there, there's, a, there's a couple people I somehow see as a, a Jewish Buddhas, as spiritual people, whether mm-hmm. they are or not. There's a familiarity to it. Yes. Even when I saw you on the... The last time I saw you, I think we were in the subway, and you were, I, I believe, talking to yourself. But, you know, that's your business. <laughs> and <laughs> That's why I live in New York. <laughs> I can get away with it. And like, you know, I go, Richie, and I, I interrupted the conversation. And you're like, oh my God. And like, it was just such a, a good feeling that you know, that's when I said we got to talk. But I will say for you, mm. the reason why I was especially happy to see you mm. is because your life in this business has evolved in a way that I don't even think you could have predicted. No, I, I was <laughs> definitely not. Right. I, and d- don't you celebrate that? I, I, don't don't you like slap yourself and go, oh my God, I worked with Nicholson or and or uh, uh, and, or De Niro, yeah, yeah. and I'm 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 in a legacy of of, of a you know of Batman. I'm part of the universe. <laughs> that's not that's not the thing that I pat myself on the back. I know, with. but but who would have thought? No, even would, even ten years ago, you, you know, you know that when that's I, what you would have been. No, absolutely not me. Not not, me, the, not you. How about me? The, I, I swear to God, I'm on Mark Maron's show. The, now I don't mean to yeah. to be so sycophantic. Yeah. But you have a legacy right now with this show. This is chronicled of entertainment for the past ten to twelve years. Right. You, I'm, I'm part of it. You are now. Now. Yeah. And you know when I I, I celebrated is when uh, is in that mo- that same moment that we had where you like you working. I'm like I'm not working. Then I have that moment where where I go like fuck why am I not working? And then there's the next moment where it's like I don't fucking need to work. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you. That, do, that's the celebration. Do do you need to do this? No, I do. I mean, like no, I, no, no. I mean, does financially, Mark no, no, my heart, no, your heart. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah, stop yeah. this tomorrow. Would yeah. life be fine? No, I mean, because you have to understand this is like now that people are coming over again, that you're here, it's it's part of my social life. It's, it's not even part of my social life. It's an important uh, soul nourishing activity to hear someone else's story, to engage with somebody, to to sort of like, you know, uh, get, get out of myself and to sort of share. So so the, the, the social element of it, the actual engagement, where how often do you sit and talk to someone for an hour ever? Not any, anymore. Never. And Never. you listen to these things and I find out people who I know intimately. You, I find out things that, oh my gosh, in I, their youth, this is what they have. why would you know that? Because you don't, how you, you don't talk to people like that ever. 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 On right. Se- you know, you and know. I go out with these people for lunch or for coffee, yeah. sometimes twice a month. Mm. 
But you don't sit there and go like, so when you were a kid. Right, exactly. <laughs> so what was your, so, so your mom, right. okay? Yeah, yeah, was yeah. she your friend or was she your mom? You know, stuff like that. And you find out. I, 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 and so I do know a lot about you. Of course. About, about your me, dad. Yeah, sure. Because you are forced to talk about it because that's how you do relate on this show. Your, your Wikipedia thing has a very weird thing about your father. It's oh. a very interesting thing. Go ahead. Watch. It's, it's a weird little detail. Go ahead. That I've never really seen before. Because it's I don't know. You have there's one paragraph about your early life, and I'll we'll, I'll look at Wiki sometimes. And I'll right? go on about my early life, what I can remember. Yeah, but, but but it's just sort of it says uh, it says you, you're the son of Alice, a homemaker, right? And Samuel Kind, a jeweler. Okay. Sure. But then it says who formerly owned Lavake's Jewelry in Princeton. Yeah. But it's like I've never seen that detail. Like, you know, who wrote, oh. like, Levesque? Oh, who like, write it? As, as, if, as if, like, oh, Levesque. Like, everybody... Now, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on. Dude, what don't I know? Levesque was what? Levesque's yeah. competition mm. was Tiffany and Cartier. Okay. Because Princeton, New Jersey, yeah. which for a while, I don't know whether, was the most literate town in the world. Because of the university. Whatever. Okay. Whatever it drew. You were... 50 minutes from New York. Yeah. So you could work on Wall Street, but yeah. you could live yeah. a decent life. Yeah. The campus was beautiful. Mm. The Nassau Street, mm -hmm. the finest stores, mm -hmm. men's uh, clothing, Langrocks, my dad's store. Yeah. My dad's store was huge. Oh, so it's like it's a For, monument. Like, you know, people who. Everybody knew LeBake's Jewelers. And if you got a LeBake's gift, yeah. you were doing cartwheels. Oh, so it was like, my dad uh, was tremendously overpriced. Yes, tremendously. <laughs> but you paid for the guarantee that you were going to get the best, and his every bit of his jewelry came yeah. from the same suppliers yeah. as Tiffany's, mm. Cartier's, and these people knew my dad. My dad was huge in town, a Jew mm. in a very waspy town. Is that, yet, but you, is that where you come from, Princeton? Half an hour away, twenty minutes away, Yardley, Pennsylvania. That's where you grew up. I grew up in, in Yardley. Is that doesn't uh, sound I, Jewish. Wasn't that Jewish? Are you yeah. kidding? No, I went to school with farmers and steel workers. I I, I did. I was. It was Bucks County. You know yeah. Bucks County? No. It's it's uh, New Hope. It was a very artist community. Uh, um, Neil uh, Paul Simon lived there, and Pearl Buck wrote there, and Oscar Hammerstein. Paul and, Simon. Paul Simon, not the not the senator. Paul Simon, Paul Simon? Paul Simon had, had a Little a Jewish Paul Simon? Little Jewish Paul Simon. Mrs. Robinson? Oh, yeah. that, yes. That, you know the Paul Simon <laughs> I'm talking about, Mark. I've made my point. So I grew up in farm country, and everybody goes, oh, Bucks County, did you, were you Amish? We weren't Amish. We were, uh, uh, the school system was great. Pennsbury yeah. High School, huge, huge school, great school system. And my dad traveled. My dad's parents had a store in Trenton, New Jersey. Trenton. Before, like when Trenton was, you know, like Newark, Trenton, was great. the gateway to, isn't there? So oh you... no, what what Trenton makes the world takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but we used to say what Trenton uses, the world refuses. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Trenton was a great, great town. Very much like Newark was was a magnificent. My people from Elizabeth. Big homes, right? Elizabeth. Yeah. And then the '60s came, mm. and the uh, the integrations white and flight. the riots, and it, it was white flight exactly mm. in Trenton. And then the, across the river, five minutes across the Delaware River, yeah, was Yardley, Pennsylvania, yeah, and that's where we are. And when I was a kid, I remembered my aunt Janice. Now we're recording this the day after 
the verdict came down for Chauvin. Yeah, yeah. So I truly have to be careful of how I say these things, but you have to understand this was a story, this was a time. Uh-huh. I remember my Aunt Janice saying, they're going to come to Yardley. They're going to And in my head, I had this vision of black people crossing the Calhoun Street Bridge yeah. to come and get us. Huh. It was horrible. Uh-huh. And having a verdict like we did yesterday, yeah. it just, it, it calms me. So Right. It it, does, but, it but it's interesting me. that, like, you know, that's obviously a, a, a racial paranoia, but, you know, these, these older people at that time watching the television. That's what they thought. Of course. Of course. I'm led I'm, to believe. I'm, le- I'm learning how I'm evolving. You know, I happen to be on a, uh, a Zoom call with some people who your audience who we yeah. all know uh i don't know whether i want to mention their name but okay. they're prominent black actors yes and at the very start yesterday when we're ac- actually all meeting tonight okay uh, uh live but yeah we used to have these zoom calls yeah. and we were talking about racism yeah and what i was educated on was that we cannot just search for equality or uh we must be anti-racist and that is a uh, a semantic uh, argument and I've since Trump has gotten into office I learned how much words matter uh, but we must learn to be anti-racist not just fight for their equality of whoever it is well now that we, the pigs are out of the tunnel we see who they are like that's what that's that, I've never heard it like that but yes you are right you know now you know after Trump the one thing is you know thank God he didn't win again but what we do know is like okay you've all identified yourselves and some of you are shamelessly proud that you 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 are who you are now it, it's astounding oh, dude, I believe I, me dude. it takes my breath away and I thought I thought that we were through. No, because like, and I and I've said this before, but it's like the one thing that he for that was uh, that he got rid of was the one thing that democracy requires is it is tolerance. Tolerance is necessary in order for it to function properly. So that fucking monster gets in there and says, "You don't have to tolerate shit. Fuck these people." Like the the idea of majority rule means that there's going to be people that are unhappy. With the way things are, but right. you suck it up and you, and you wait tolerate the, it right. until the next time, and then maybe your guy wins, or maybe there's some uh, that you either grow to understand or accept or whatever. But what 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 happened in the last four years is like fuck you, double down on your fucking That's nasty true. bullshit. Very very true. And the shame of it is, is go and do something about it, like storm yeah. the Capitol. Yeah yeah it's yeah yes, nuts. you're absolutely right. They didn't. Oh, it's nuts nuts nuts. So when you're growing up and like now, so you're wait uh, hold on. Let, let me finish about my dad's store. My dad was huge in Princeton, and he was six foot four, and we would walk down the street. And yeah. I'm a little kid, yeah. and my arm was straight up in the air yeah. like this, yeah. and it would take him an hour to walk down the street. Sam, Sam, how you doing, Sam? And I'm standing there like a little kid doing he's, circles. He's selling wedding rings, engagement rings, gifts oh, for you know, families. Beautiful. Yeah. Not big honking Jewy rings. Right. Really classy Classy. But he's in the neighborhood. It's like you know, if, like it's one of those things where it's like you you got to get a ring. You got to go to you know. You you either went to my dad, yeah, or you went to New York, right? And in New York, you were just one of many thousands. Your dad. If you went Sam? to my dad. What's his name? Sam. Yeah. If you went to my dad, yeah, my dad 
knew everything sure. you had ever bought. Right, right, He right. knew what would go with it. Right. And, and I, you want to know how good he was? Yeah. I, so I work in the store, and I know about pearls. Yeah. And I'm trying to show this guy pearls, pearls, you know, and I take out this strand of pearls. You see how these are larger? These are graduated. These are white, like that. All of it, And I'm with him for 45 minutes. All of a sudden, my dad comes by, and he goes, uh, hey, Sid, what are you doing? You're buying uh, some uh, some pearls for Louise? <laughs> and I go, and he goes, yeah. And, I go, and he looks down, and he goes, Richie, wrap these up. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's yeah, what he did. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to sell this guy, and he yeah. goes, Richie, wrap these up. Yeah. And he sells them in 30 seconds. Uh, but he's not selling them. He really He does. knows. It's like, I know Louise. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, it, it, it does. Right, right, and he right, could right, never right. remember anybody's name. And there was a, a, tele- a telephone guide. Yeah. He could never remember their name, yeah. but he always remembered where they lived. Huh. So he'd go, uh, you're, you're on, uh, where are you? What number Sutphin Road are you? Right. And he would go 15. And he would go back, look up 15, and then it would give the person's name. That's Squeak. wild. Yeah. So. I'm not great with names. Oh, I'm horrible. And now, even people I know. I know. Well, it's always it, like it, that. It, with it, what do you think I that is? That. What do you make of that? Like, so me, is it like it's selfishness or what? I mean, there's certain things I can commit to memory, but there's people I've known for 20 years. I'm like, hey, what's it? Um, I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, why I can't have, I just I train to, myself? I think it's dementia. No. But it's not. I've always had it. Why can't you just have it? You yeah, why can't it. I just train myself? It's like, okay, okay, yeah, that's the, Richard, the, that's Richard, that's Richard, that's Richard. The, commit it, commit the, it. You know what the, I mean? The, like the device, the pneumatic device, is that what it's called? I don't know what it is. Yeah, but, but you know, like, say, uh, Mark. You okay. don't have dementia. But I worry about it. Yeah, me too. My dad's, I think, starting. Oh, yeah. That's a, but but forgetting things, it's only, which is why I love acting now and doing plays is because you're training your brain to memorize lines and you you keep it in there. We we are. Fil- I do believe that theory that our brain can only handle so much. Uh-huh. So if so much information uh-huh. after all of these years yeah, is in there, yeah, something's got to move, and it doesn't move. Hopefully, the stuff that you know used to be important goes away. You know, the stuff that you thought was so essential that, you know, ruined your life 20 years ago. I it's, guess if I, this is life not, or death. And it's not. It's, it's nothing. It's, none of it. It's been banged in with nails that are an inch thick. Bang, oh, bang, bang. Some of that stuff. Been I've, been, so I've been relieved of some of it. Have you? Yes. Yes. Like there's just the things that, you know, because I'm driven by panic and anxiety. So there's an urgency to everything. Even now. Like, I, you know, yesterday I know you're coming over. And I'm like, I got to What's going to got to talk to Richard I you know what am I going to do what are we going to yeah every guest I have over here it's like you know I'm consumed with an anxiety you know I don't know how it's going to go until I see you and then I'm like hey you know well yes but I but I can't not do that and like in the past there have been things that were so important at the moment and in retrospect you know even right after they happened I'm like that what was I so fucking nuts about a lot of that stuff I've let go of like when you realize like that wasn't that important and you could do that before then no, what do you mean? Like I can't like, do it. I can't preemptively do it, or I'd be a healthier person. But the stuff that you know, I know what's important and what isn't. Yes, but I almost celebrate getting nervous about things. I get nervous. Yeah, I I wish it was just nervous. I I experience dread. Okay, you go on a roller coaster. What is the what's the psychological reason of going straight downhill and being scared for that moment? What the, weightlessness. Whatever, but there's something in your head. <laughs> uh, you and I, yeah. who I think are unfortunately built from the same yeah. sort of foundation, yeah. enjoy yeah. the dread. Yeah, but but I, no, see, I I understand that, Richard, and 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 and, and I we're know, trained. Yeah, yeah. But but, but I I don't. 
I don't know that it's enjoy, but I do know that it's 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 who we are. It's home. So it's 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 not like like I can't wait to be filled with dread, but I that's but where it's I'm home. comfortable. Your so your your vocabulary is perfect. It's home. Right. It is a comfort that happens to make us uncomfortable. But it's, it's what comfort. we know, right? Yeah, it's like I. I, but, I, but you, I, I say it like uh, I never understood Virginia Woolf, the the play Virginia Woolf, yeah. until I was married, and then you get into habits, <laughs> and these guys like to argue. It made them happy, so we like to feel the dread, not like it, but we are comfortable with the it's dread. It's Familiar, it's familiar, it's familiar, and it's our reaction look, to it. This whole conversation, uh, not these words, right? But the whole tone of it, yeah. I had it half an hour on my drive over here. You did with yeah. yourself. Yeah, yes, saying this is what I'm going to say to Mark. This was your dread monologue in the car? Well, I I said I want to tell him this story. I want to say this. When when you're talking to yourself in your car? Right. But I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you. (laughs) And and I'm I'm driving here. And I must tell you, I want this to be the... It's great. This I knew. I know it's great. I know it's great. Fine, fine, fine. We're talking like we're old friends. But I wanted this to be... Yeah. The most fascinating interview in the in the legion of interviews you have. It is. Thank you. Yeah, okay. it is. Because <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. But, but I wanted to. I want you to wait, say, wait. Richard, how can I? How can we go an hour? Well, Why are we going three? I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to put that in your head. You know, the hour thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't like. We can go three, but then it gets cut down. There's no reason. You know, don't don't worry about it. I understand that. Let me ask you a question. Yes. See, like, I, I understand we share this thing, but the one thing that, you know, in, in talking about how I felt, feel about you at the beginning, just innately, you seem to be able to experience and, and embrace and be comfortable with uh, with joy. I am. You emanate it. You know, I can feel it in you that, you know, you, you are able to surrender to it to the point where you exude it. You have a good range. You know, you can do the misery, anger, all of that stuff. And maybe you are comfortable with dread in your regular life, but you you exude a sort of like you know when people see you, they're they're probably like, hey, I feel better just looking at that guy. I I, <laughs> I you want to know something? What I want people to do that they do. I swear to God. Okay, here's what I also say. This yeah. is my, I, I have these pithy things that come out of my mouth. I don't think you told me the thing you you said to your kid. You said to me, but okay, well, be, we, I, right, we doesn't always, matter. You, you know, I have a well, friend. <laughs> I have a friend, yeah. Kathy and Jimmy's husband. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah. He will not leave a conversation mm. until all of the points that we've brought up are tied up. Are tied up. Nah, we don't have to do that. Well, but we, it's just funny. You, you can't. To the way that we go, no, we can't. But it was just a moment where you said it's like an adage that you say to your your kid, you, 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 right, your, right, right. your progressive kid, you say something, but we didn't say. Okay. It. Well, I don't even remember. To Jimmy's husband. But here's what I yeah. want you to know. Right. Written in the same time, I think two years separated them. Yeah. Frank Capra made It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And Arthur Miller wrote Death of a Salesman. Yeah. All about friendship. Mm. Willie Loman said that he thought he had friends. Yeah. And he was a salesman. He could count on these people. And at the end of the line, he could count on no one. Oh, there was no one there for I just watched that again. It's, it, it's, it's magnificent. Heartbreak. George Bailey. Yeah. You are never alone. Mm. As long as you have friends. Mm-hmm. Who do I want to be? <laughs> you got no choice. You're that guy. You, you are correct. It's relative to your need, but right? But there are times mm. when I really try to say, not to say, don't end up like Willie Loman. Do, don't need friends. Mm. And I can't do it. I no. can't do it. Um, um, I, but I... 
I want to. The, the, the whole I want to be stronger. I want to be solo. I want to be an individual who doesn't need anybody else. <laughs> well, then do a play. <laughs> but 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 actually yeah. no that's you know what why do you think that's a, you, you think that's a joke that's the opposite i need the audience right. to support me right, right, to right. say you're great but why do you equate that with strength this idea of being uh, you know the loner the cowboy the guy who doesn't need people because willie loman oh, yeah. ended up a loser a and loser therefore, a delusional loser okay yeah all right. Right. But he's no. a loser. Yeah. He kills himself. He um, finds out he's empty. Uh, I don't want to be that guy. Have you played him? No, I'd like to. And there's not many roles that I say, oh, I really... And, and that's not at the top of the... The only one that's at the top of the list yeah. is Roy Cohn in Angels in America. It's oh, the only one. I saw... What's his, the original? Uh, I so did I. Ron Liebman. Oh I've seen a few. Oh, Oh, and when he's Gino's literally face. spitting, he was spitting. Yes, Liebman. well, that's him, and the, the, and the tongue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a snake. He's, not, he's passed, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And married to Jessica Walter, who just mm, passed. Yeah. And I knew them both. Not intimately, but I knew them both. The that makes sense. Them. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, I loved Ron Liebman. And if you ever saw him, have yeah. you seen the movie Where's Papa? Uh, with Ruth Gordon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. Do you remember him? In, in, yeah, he's, yeah. He's George Siegel's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running yeah, across yeah. the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gonna get your motherfucker, gonna get you. He's just great. Yeah, he's great. He's a great actor. Yeah, great in the movie. In the movie, uh, uh, Slaughterhouse Five. I don't remember that. I don't remember if I saw it. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's great. He's a, he's, he's the opposite of what he was in in Where's Papa. I've been watching. Uh, I just did a double feature basically with uh, Barton Fink and Hell Caesar. That's great. What a great one! Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's where it's at. Yes, that's the Hollywood movies. Oh my gosh! And then and, I've, I've, and from two guys who love Hollywood and have a great distaste for it. Oh no, that's they love the it. beautiful satires. Yeah, the great. two of them. Well, I love them. And I yeah, well, I love that. I, I watch the, when people who I know who aren't Jewish don't quite get the Jewish thing. I'm I tell them I watch a series. Man. We say so. I read for that thing. Who'd you read for? For one of the lawyers? I, no, I, I think I, they were looking for a lead. I don't know. I think I was, they got nowhere near the thing, but I really thought that I. All right. Could well, do my it. joke about that yeah. is it's the ugliest cast since Freaks. Oh. <laughs> I had to go in and yeah. audition for the Cone Brothers yeah. for two movies. One was Burn After Reading, the role of a lawyer. He had two monologues. I'm telling you, it filled up a page and a half, and it's only him talking. I worked and I worked and I worked on yeah. that. The other one was for, I think, a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, no, that was the lawyer, maybe a rabbi or something like that. Oh, yeah, the Arkin kid played, uh, I think, a yes. lawyer. Yes, okay. Yeah. So so it's two roles. Yeah. I'm auditioning for the same time. Yeah. I worked and worked and worked. I must have done that monologue from Burn After Reading. I maybe asked him to do it five times. I just kept doing it. It's also I happen to like auditioning. Yeah. Okay. They like me. Yeah. They say, can you go out and read these lines yeah. for the lead? Of Serious Man. Serious Man. Yeah. Because I'm auditioning for Burn After Reading yeah. and Serious yeah. Man at the same time. Right. They were casting at the yeah. same time. I said, you know what? I've worked really hard on these two monologues. I just flew in yeah. back from, from LA to New York. Why would I just go out and spend 10, 15 minutes going over these lines? Yeah. I want to work on it. Yeah. Let me go home yeah. and work on these on these scenes. Yeah. They never called me back. <laughs> <laughs> I never read for the part. They cast it. Then I find out while they're casting Burn After Reading, they were uh, and they were working with George Clooney, yeah. who's a friend. 
uh, George was going, they love you, they love you, they're, 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 they want you for this movie. And then I, I auditioned, I was, <laughs> I was doing uh, The Devil in Damn Yankees yeah. out in Fort Worth, Texas in Summerstock. Oh, wow. And they wanted me to go on camera, you know, uh, film it. Yeah. And so- Before on, the phones. I, I, no, there might have been phones. Who knows? I can't even remember. And and on this beautiful stage with the, you know, yeah. the, the scenery behind me, yeah. I'm doing uh, whatever my character is. Arthur, I think his name is, in uh, in Serious Man. The brother. And, I, and, and I, I did it. And here was, this is great. Yeah. Um, Joel said, it was, I think it was Joel said, yeah. you cannot be too big. When you cry, it's huge. And he told me the story about Bill Macy. When Bill Macy in Fargo bangs the I know top the scene of the, in the desk, yeah, yeah, no, either the desk or the top of the car. Oh right, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's going blah, 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 like that, and he's and it looks like you're going, oh my god, seriously. yeah. And he said, I can't do that. They're going to laugh at me back in New York. He goes, it, nothing's too big. Just do it. Yeah. Well, you remember it. Yeah. That's what they do. They are real and huge at the same time. The Coens. Yeah. And I love that. But they also have a, a tremendous respect for the uh, character actors. Oh, yes. So, like, oh, yes. you know, like everybody, you, you know, they're, they're complete professionals, but they're not, you know, they're not hinged to sort of uh, their celebrity in a way. And they can, you know, sort of manage to, to take on the emotions of normal people. That's true, and not only that, they take normal actors like Brad Pitt yeah. or George, and, and they let them, them yeah. be character actors. You know, like I enjoy the movie, and I thought it was one of Brad Pitt's best movies. He was great, great, and Clooney's like the greatest movie star ever. Oh, he's great, Jesus yeah, he's great. Christ! But he also became a much better actor, which he. Will I admit. guess that's true. He he will admit. I, I watch Michael Clayton like four or five times a year. Jeez, so good. <laughs> So good. That and Up in the Air, he's so good. I just watched Up and, in the and, Air. And Descendants, he's great. Great. He's great. He's great. great. And if you look at him, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. You guys are buddies? Yes, we're very dear friends. Uh, he was uh, in um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, I love that. So I get invited uh, by George yeah. to the screening. Yeah. And I'm sitting like almost in the same row or right. in, front of, uh, in front of them. I fall asleep at movies. Yeah. It's about seven seconds, and I wake up, and I am so refreshed. But if it happens to be at a time where I, I could fall asleep at the chariot race yeah. of Ben-Hur, <laughs> yeah. and, but I wake up, and I'm refreshed. Uh -huh. During Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. I start nodding off. <laughs> Next to George? Yeah. Yeah. And At the premiere? No, 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 not oh. at the premiere, at a screening. Oh, okay. So there's maybe 10 people in right, the okay. screening yeah, room. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And George goes, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, he nudges <laughs> yeah. me yeah. like that. And so- George remembers that about how I like the movie. And he goes, you never liked Oh Brother. And I go, I, I didn't. I just fell asleep. Yeah. But he was really nervous because the Coens. I don't think the Coens ever saw me fall asleep. They're right. Not, they're not invested in no, that. No, I mean, what But of course I love the movie, but that's what, but I did fall he's asleep. So, he, he, in comedies, he's so good. I just and he's so good in it. Yeah. And Hail Caesar, it's too funny. Yeah, he's great. And how about the not great movie of uh, about the divorce lawyers? With Catherine Zeta-Jones. I didn't watch that one. I haven't seen no, it. I'm saying it's not great. I don't know why I didn't see but it. But he's terrific. Yeah, he's, terrific. he's so funny. And, and, anyway, and, I don't want. I don't like talking about him that much. Why? Because you just can't say well, enough good things. <laughs> I, okay. Uh, yeah, he's he's one of the greats. We get, we get, we get. And he and he's and, and 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 as a man, he's great. Yeah. But he gets his, his own publicity, and you never know when you're going to say something that's bad.
Oh, right, right. Yeah, how it's going to be framed. Yes, well, yes. Let's talk so, about you. So, so you're in Pennsylvania. You're going to school with uh, with uh, uh, farmers and mm-hmm. steel workers' children. There was a guy named Chuck Heston. Chuck Heston. He, used to t- he was a farmer's kid. <laughs> yeah. In sixth grade, he took a walnut. You know how you take two walnuts yeah, and crack yeah. them in your hand? Sure. Because he took one and cracked it in his hand. And that was what he was known for? The well, walnut thing? He's a thing? farmer. He was this huge kid. Well, how does how do you fare? What is you? How do you, like, are you, are you called the, the Jewish guy? Are you an entertainer? Do you do you, do you schmooze the uh, farm right, I'll, the farm hands? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Yeah, I uh, I was in speech club. I was in theater and everything like that. But I was president of my class. Yeah, a school that had twelve hundred kids yeah. per grade. Yeah, so there's twenty four hundred kids. Okay. Yeah. So we're at one night, we, we all get drunk. We're in the backyard, and there were these huge. There was this guy named Gary Stadanlik. Yeah. Okay. Sure huge football player. Yeah. I mean, we were we were a great team. We were number one in the county. You were we, a football we, player? Was I? Yeah. No, but I oh. hung out with them. Okay, of course. I was popular. Yeah. I'm a good guy. You're a good guy, funny. But, but I, so I would hang out with them and yeah. all the cheerleaders and yeah. the football players. So we're there one night and everybody's drunk and everything and some of the football players start wrestling around. Yeah. And I'm in there and all of a sudden I feel myself get picked up by the back of my shirt, lifted horizontally yeah. by a guy by the name of Mike Kane. Yeah. Not Michael Kane. Mike Kane. Mike Kane. Kane. B- Mike Kane, yeah. who was equally as big as Gary Stadanik. Yeah. And he picks me up and carries me to the other side of the yard. And he says, you don't want to get in there. You're going to get hurt. <laughs> so I, I was the puppy dog. And then, and then one important uh, thing that he'll never remember, but yeah. the football, uh, the quarterback was yeah. this guy named Bob Bowden. Yeah. Big Bob. Bob Bob. Was just regular size, regular size. Okay. but he was not as big as Mike or the other guy. But handsome, yeah, the prettiest girls sure. went out. That's a, handsome, that's, handsome. A, that's the rule. And we used to go to this place in <laughs> yeah. Jersey because we were in Pennsylvania. Mm. Drinking age in Jersey was eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. We used to drink blackberry, blackberry brandy, mm. and I would sit at the bar, and Bob Bowden would talk about he how he wanted to be me, mm. and I would talk to Bob about how I wanted to be. Why him. do you want to be you? Because I was. An actor, and I was a, a You did the acting and, in high school? Yeah. Oh, and you were the yeah. Oh, I wasn't president. supposed to be an actor. I was supposed to be a lawyer. Right. I was supposed to go to law school, business school, and then take over my dad's door. Right. So he wanted- I was president of student council. There, yeah. There's reasons why you he might He was limited, and you weren't. I wasn't trying to insult you. No, no, no. I, I He was limited, but I'm limited. I wanted to be handsome and a quarterback. Mm. He wanted to be a, a, a leader mm. and, yeah. and, and an actor yeah. or whatever- you know, and and every and, and this was just one night, and the two of us yeah. uh, talked that one night. Yeah, it was. And you remember it? It, well, it was huge in my life, mm. huge in twelfth grade. Because it must have given you a sense of like, maybe I'm all right. I mean, yeah, maybe Mark. What? Was there anything anybody ever said to you that made you say, "I think I'm all right"? Not, not then. Right. <laughs> And we keep getting laughs or we get applause. And still, do you really think you're all right? I, I, I have lately. I think in the last you know decade, it's happened a bit. Oh, I'm glad. That's Not great. for you? You must know. I have a huge are. ego and no confidence. That, well, that's the way it goes. I know. So that's, that's what I am. <laughs> you so have no confidence? I think I'm a better actor than I used to think that I was. I, used, I, I think I got away with a lot for 20 years. I'll tell you. That I thought, like, in a serious man, that, like, because, like, there's all, if you come from a, a large middle class Jewish family, mm-hmm. they have one of those. Yeah. 
Yes. And 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 the you know the genius, the broken genius. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought it was so deep and so you know moving and so right on the money. And it was brutal. I thought it was a brilliant performance. I'm glad. I'm really proud of the movie, the role. Uh, that I'm part of it. Again, I look at my life as where do I stand in the legacy of greatness, and I think the Cones are great, and I am, and no matter what happens, I am part of the legacy. If they have a retrospective, they're going to show a serious man, and I'm going to be part of it. It's one of their best movies. Absolutely. And at the time, it was the crew's favorite movie. I don't know whether it's anymore, but while we were doing it, they were saying, this is ours. I think it's the brother's favorite. It's so personal. It's so specific. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't yeah. give a fuck. They don't. They really don't. And they are so goddamn, like I said this to a, 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 this friend of mine about them. It's like, you know, everything is on purpose. You know, there, there's nothing kind of like, you know, surprising to them in the sense of like, they know what they're shooting. Okay. I'm going to tell you something. I was interviewed for Charlie Rose. Yeah. Around that time. Yeah. Around the, when it came out. And I'm on with them. Yeah. And I made a flippant comment yeah. like they know what this movie looks like before they start rolling yeah and i remember joel looking at me like this is a little insulting but it wasn't mm. it's they know like what yeah. you just said yeah it's not surprising them yeah. they know how it's going to edit together right hitchcock was the same way yeah his whole movie was done yeah before he started rolling, he used to not like filming. Yeah. That's just, ugh, who needs it? They're, they're just so goddamn smart. As smart smarter than us. I love <laughs> I love working or, or watching something that's smarter than us. I well, think Harold Pinter. Oh, I think my Cooper God. Does. I've watched a few of the Pinter movies, the the ones that the British movies that he did. Mm-hmm. You know, the. Yeah, you know, like the go between or. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they did it on the Criterion Channel, a bunch mm-hmm. of Pinter screenplays. Yeah. And it's so. Like the space man, the homecoming. Holy oh, you did shit. see the homecoming because I, I did. Because a lot of them are very linear when he writes for movies. Homecoming is a play. Yeah, I know. And that, yeah, is where does he come up with that? The pumpkin eater, the other one with Dan Bancroft uh, and. Uh, well, what do you think of that? Oh, I loved it. Okay, it I heavy, saw it when man. I was young, young, heavy, young. Man. I didn't understand a word of it. Heavy, and I got to watch it again. And then there's the other one that he wrote with the. I think Joe Lozzi was it the accident? Did did Pinter write yeah. the accident? The accident. I think the servant. The servant. Maybe. Servant. The, the accident is one that like, the like I I remember it was taught in a film class I had, and I was like, what am I missing? And it's like, it, but you know, it, you know, he created a space man, Jewish guy, British Jews. I like the British Jews. Okay, I didn't know he was Jewish. He is. I had no idea, but he, I, I don't understand how he writes. No, I, it's I, I don't I answer. The homecoming is crazy. It. Crazy. It's great. It's. Have great. you done that play? I haven't. I'd like to. I'd like to do the birthday party. Have you ever seen the birthday party? I didn't see it. No. Oh. See the birthday party because Jewish gangsters in that. Oh, is that good. is that a movie too? No, it's just a play. I don't know. But you did the big knife. I did the big knife. That movie's hard to find, and it's not great. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to tell love you. It. Okay, it's not great. Rod Steiger, I thought was fantastic until I did the role. And he was horrible. Well, that's, I'll agree with that. But Palance was great. Palance is great in it. Oh, my gosh. Shelley Winters. Yes. Yeah, Shelley Winters great. Great. Oh, you, the woman and who the plays guy Mrs. Plays, Maisel. Yeah. Uh, now on TV, played Shelley Winters' role when we did it on Broadway. And Bobby Cannavale did it. I did it twice. I did it at Williamstown, directed by Joanne Woodward. Okay, you want to? Okay, here's something. Okay, okay. Here, here's something. 
uh, I have my list of the greatest compliments. Yes. This is a great compliment. Okay. I come, uh, Joanne Woodward directed The Big Knife when yeah. we did it. Williams was Stein. it a play before? No. Yeah, it was a play. Oh, it started as a play. Then yeah. it became a film. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I come out of the stage door. It was written for John Garfield, about oh. John Garfield. So I come out no of the kidding. I come out of the stage door and somebody jumps on my back, arms around my neck, like I can't breathe. Yeah. And he goes, Kid, you're like a locomotive. Once you get going, there's no stopping you. And it was Paul Newman. <laughs> you remember you remember uh, those compliments. Wow. Yeah. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. I know, isn't that crazy? What a great yeah. actor. Yeah, a great. And to have him say that. That's it was, so it was, beautiful. It was nuts. Nuts, nuts. I saw Odette's play, the, was it Golden Boy? Is Golden that another, That's the boxing one, right? Yeah, and um, Tony Shalhoub and I were nominated for Supporting Actor. Well, he's spectacular. Shalhoub. You know, it's a wrestling picture. Shalhoub, Shalhoub is one of those guys who never, his volume or his other, never rises above a certain level. Geisler. And he's so good. He's so good. He's so underplayed. He's, he's like Alan Arkin. He's so underplayed. And I am so the opposite of that. No, but like, so you guys were, you worked it. We, you did. No, we, we've never worked together. Oh, you should But do we it. were against each other for the, for the Tonys, and we both lost. Uh, and um, Where did you train after high school? The school you... of hard knocks. Yeah. Uh, I, um, honestly, Second City. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I took acting why, classes. Why do you say it like, like that? that. That's, I mean, that is the... Who because, was there when you were Because there? that is not an official place to learn. I think... Well, it, well, when you say, where did you train? Oh, you're I'm talking sorry. about HB Studios. You're talking about Carnegie Mellon. But you go out on stage every night. You get to learn to be better. And then, to be honest, where did I learn? Mm-hmm. I think it's like George Clooney, forgive yeah. me for bringing him up, but he worked in front of a single camera for long enough... On ER? Oh, way before that. For uh. years and years and years, so that when he got to ER, yeah. he was able to become great after having worked. I mean, you don't know the lousy shit he's done. Yeah, no, I get it. You know, yeah, Return on TV. The, TV, Return of the Rotten Tomatoes. Of the, yeah. It's horrible. You but know? that's true. Like I, like, I realized that when I did my shows, like, I know I'm going to suck. For at least two seasons, because you got to get comfortable. You got to figure out. You do. You still figure it out. I still barely know where my camera is. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm always. Is that it over there? But yeah. you do. It, now, beca- okay. it becomes now becomes second nature. Well, you got to ask sometimes. Yes, but you do learn. <laughs> yeah. But you learn. Yeah. You know, after you learn which is camera right, camera left, you you do yeah. learn. A great one, uh, and I'll do it with you now. Is David Steinberg said, if the camera's over there, look at the eye. Closest to the camera, like I can look at both eyes now. Yeah, he taught me to look like this into yeah. the one eye. Yeah, it's astounding little stuff. Michael Caine has a has an hour uh, thing. W- yeah. Watch it. It's uh, on uh, acting uh, on acting on, for camera for camera. Oh, interesting. It's wonderful. Well, Jeff Daniels once looked at me and he's like, "You got to learn how to use your face," because really? like he said, almost all movie acting is face. Yeah, it is. It's and wild. It's, I never even thought of that. It's why I'm better on stage. What do you mean? You got a great face. But I use it too much. I'm better on stage. I, 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 I It's hard for you me. You overused your face? What? You overexpress? I do. I do. <laughs> like, like I say, I'm not Tony Shalhoub or Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin is huge, but he hardly moves. There are flames on my car. <laughs> <laughs> there are flames on my car. Funny thing. Shell. When I was in Second City, yeah. we used to, if somebody, an alumni wanted to come on and mm. play and improvise, 
we do it. So I come out and I say, uh, and Dave Castellanetti used to do a great Alan Arkin. Mm. So I'd come out and I'd go, joining us in the set tonight, the great Alan Arkin. Dan would be backstage over the microphone going, I don't want to play. I don't want to come on. <laughs> and I go, Alan, come on. You're so good at this. No, no, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And I go, Alan, come on. Everybody's waiting. No, I'm scared. I don't want to improvise like that. I go, I'm sorry, folks. The audience hated us. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah, he's, he's sort of an interesting actor. Uh, Alan? Uh, yeah. Oh! Do you know that guy? I do. Yeah. I do. Nice man? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He, he, he's Okay. In my head, I'm thinking of the story that I want to tell you, so let me be yeah. emphatic. Not a nice man, a great man. Oh, Tells a great joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's the story. Yeah. This is the type of story that you can't believe you live in the world that you live. Alan Arkin calls me up. Calls me. Yeah. Out of all the people in Hollywood, all the people in Hollywood, yeah, he calls me. Uh-huh. He's going to be hired for this movie, and he's going to be working with this actor. I had worked with him. Should he take it? Yeah. Me? Yeah. He's asking me. Yeah. And I start telling him. Yeah, about the actor. About, about the actor. What do I, what do I recommend? Yeah. And I, I told him, but I couldn't believe he's calling me. Yeah. And I said, look- He's he's going to because you're Alan Arkin. He's going to be great. He's going to ask for a lot of takes. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to have to work a lot. He's going to ask yeah. for take after yeah. take after take. He's also very funny. Yeah. But not nearly as funny as you. Right. He thinks he could tell a great joke, but he can't tell a joke as good as you. Yeah. So he's going to be competitive. Right. And that's what I told him. Do you take the job? He ended up not doing the job. <laughs> so. Do I need this shit? Yeah. Right. So. That's what it was. That's hilarious. Yeah. I know, but I, it kills me. He called me. It's, no, it's beautiful because he knew you'd be honest. I guess so. It's just, uh, oh, yes. And I was. I was yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like he, there's like guys like Alan Arkin. He knows he's got, he knows you. He's got a feeling. He's like, I just want, just give me, you know, you know me. Right. You know what I'm asking you. Right. But the thing is, is that, okay. Yeah. I think I'm the smartest guy with the best opinions. Mm. And then I find out. I'm not the smartest guy, and I don't have the best opinion. But that wasn't an opinion question. Sure, it was. No, it wasn't. What's the guy do? You you just listed like he did. He go did a lot of takes. These are my thinks opinions. he's funny. Okay, these are but it's my opinions, and I I, I guess I, it's it, your it experience. Is. That's different than opinions. Okay, all right, but <laughs> I I sometimes think it's like it's like I want to be the best guest here. I want to be the most fascinating guest. Well, I'm not gonna be. What are you talking about? Who judges I'm great, like I'm that? Great. Of course, that's how I think, though, Mark. It's how I live my life. I, I, I meet some people and, and want them to like me more than they like the friends they've known for 30 years. It's mm. crazy. Hmm. So that's what's driving it. Here Sometimes. I thought it, here, th- here I thought it was spirituality and, and joy. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm an actor. Feed me, baby. Feed me. <laughs> it's just, you're a need machine. Yes, I am. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, this interview's over. Charis- Get out. Get the out. Charismatic need machine. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet need machine. Yeah. But when was the? I mean, there must have been a moment there, like because you've done a lot of theater, and you, uh, you yes. clearly in, all you the love time. It. You love, love it. it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I and, do. And and is uh, that, but for short amounts of time, more than four to six months. Oh God, shoot me. Really? Why? Yeah. Just uh, the repetition. Yeah, it's it's I've I've had enough. However, getting to that point, the most thrilling thing in the world. Yeah, thrilling. And 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 the, but the but ultimately the TV acting 
you you're just an all around actor, but like, do you find it, are you satisfied doing television? I mean, do you the process of it and everything else? No, uh, yeah. here's I'll, I'll tell yeah. you why. Yeah, when you do a TV show, right? Your goal uh, is to make your day. Right. The director has ten pages to shoot. Yes, must make the day. Right. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah. Make your day. Right. That is not acting right. correctly. Right. So I work very hard on the lines and I come to mm. the set, never have a problem with my lines. You're going to, America will hear the lines the way the, or the, way the writer wrote them. Mm -hmm. He's going to get, he's going to get them. You want to be as good as you can. I've been lucky enough to work twice with Kathy Bates. Mm hmm. The first time I played her boyfriend on a show where she was a lawyer. Yeah. I'm telling you, the size of that picture, that frame. Yeah. Three pages of monologue to the jury. Perfect every time. And she would sit down. No, I didn't get it. And I, I took me, told her. This was her first TV show. I said, you must be able to accept that you will never be as good <laughs> as you want to be because they're going to give you four or five takes. Right. You're going to have three hours to do this scene where when you do a play, you have a month so that the lines are second nature. When you do a movie, you have a month to learn it. Maybe you're lucky enough to have rehearsal yeah. or you have a day where instead of 10 pages, they're shooting three quarters of a page. Right. This is TV. TV was made to sell furniture and beer and cars. Everybody thinks, why, why isn't a show better? Why aren't they bringing my show back? We are the bookends for commercials. Right. That's yeah. what we are. Yeah. Okay? Things have changed now. With Amazon and Netflix, you got unlimited funds, and that speech to the jury can take two days. Right. But not on network TV, right. or not on the TV that and you we're told talking her, about. She, was she appreciative? Yes, she still wanted to do it great, but she she couldn't. But but and she was, but she could never be. Right. I said, I call it the drive home. Yeah. You're driving home. You go, boom! Yeah. Oh, why didn't I do yeah, that? I know you. Yes, goddamn it! Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I say this word like that? Oh, that's what the author meant. You do a play. Yeah. You don't have those rides home. Right. right or if yeah. you do, <laughs> you could try it the next, the next night. night. Right. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. But there must have been some. Is there? Are there things that you've done where you're like, I did it, I nailed that. Nailed oh, it. absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But if I see something, if I ask for to see it back, yeah, because I don't watch myself, yeah, uh, or I, I don't, I, don't, I won't. But if I see a, a playback, right, I don't listen to it. I only see my face, yeah, which is what um, Jeff Daniels was talking about. Yeah. Use your face. Yeah, I know what the words are, and I can't yeah. stand the way I talk. But let me see. Do I believe what I look like? Right. Did you do plays in high school? Couple. Do you remember the actually person? junior high? You remember yeah. the the picture that they took? Yeah, and you look very staged. Sure. Okay, yeah, when when they put put it in the, the newspaper, to act like a grown up, whatever, right, yeah. whatever it was. Sure, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The picture doesn't look real. Yeah. Now they take a picture while I'm acting, or they'll take a still, yeah. and and excise it from the film. I look like I'm there. Yeah, see, that's, I, mm. I don't look like I'm acting. Yeah, that's the thing, man. I mean, like I, this last movie I did a few months ago was the first time I really was like because I, I thought to myself like if I'm going to do this acting, 
I should figure out how to apply whatever craft I've learned over time uh-huh. and also how to take risks and also how to, you know, enjoy doing it, you know, and, and to be, you know, in the process. And, you know, it was a, it was a whole different experience, really. Well, you're great in... Oh, Glow? No. Joker? The wonderful movie. Oh, The Sword of Trust? God the, almighty. Uh, which one? God Almighty. I, I cannot, how many movies have I done? Yeah, no, it's Sword of Trust. Oh. I, I'm, I, I, did you... Get the email that I wrote you after her passing. Um, I, I think you, I did. Yeah, you, I, did. I didn't respond to it. I, I think I felt like I responded to it. You didn't. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. It's okay. But what I told you was I got to meet her once for coffee. She was casting something. And did you mind talking about this? Yeah. No, I don't mind. I, it, it always, sometimes I get emotional. Sometimes oh, I don't. Go ahead. Yeah. My fantasies were I went out with her. Mm. She was married at the time. Yeah. She had a career. She didn't yeah. even hire me for the film. Yeah. <laughs> but my fantasies were, this is some great lady. Yeah, right, right, right. So that's how I spent, after an hour of talking to her, yeah, this is yeah, how yeah. I felt. Right, yeah. What yeah. Does, when you invest a, a, a months, years of your yeah. life, I don't know how long you went out, I didn't even know about it. And I thought, wow. And so my heart broke for you. Yeah. My heart breaks for the world because I thought- She was great. Yeah, everything, everything about her seemed great. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, my point is, is that you have it somewhere. I hear you ask great actors yeah. about their, how do you do it, what do yeah, you think of, right. and you know it enough. You, you and I yeah. are not that talented. Mm-hmm. We meet, <laughs> we, we have personality, <laughs> and we have a character, and we meet the character halfway. Uh. Daniel Day-Lewis, That's he a goes... Thing. Way over. Yeah. He submerges himself. Yeah. I can't, I don't submerge. Yeah. I meet the character halfway. Yeah. And, and, but I had a teacher who said, you play pretend. Well, that's the thing, yeah. You play pretend. Yeah. If I'm in this situation, I play pretend. And pretend seems like it's a happy thing. Yeah. But if you're Willie Loman, pretend is not a happy thing. Let me pretend I really yeah. am going to eventually kill myself because of my circumstances. Mm. I'm pretending. Mm. It's not fun. Yeah. I don't know how somebody does uh salesman every night what did you learn like you know like at second city where who was with you there when you were there uh i had great people they're not as well known right. as some of the and and i have my theories about it but um do you know who megan fay is john capelos mike haggerty uh-huh uh, i was lucky enough to be there with bonnie hunt who uh-huh. did become famous and uh mike myers sure. who i worked with and uh i i, I was lucky to, to work with a lot of people who did become famous but the succeeding generations yeah. were much more proactive with their careers and with their need to produce. My company, along with me, yeah. waited by the phone to get called, mm. and I still do that. I'm not as proactive. I've never produced anything. I've never said, hey, I've got this project. Yeah. Let's go do it. Um, that's how we were. You're proactive. Who, who would have ever thought podcasting was something to do. Uh, yeah, I just I but I needed to talk to people. I don't know if it was it wasn't based on ambition. It was based originally on desperation. So. Okay, you're lucky. You let <laughs> you stepped in it. You're, no, you're, yeah, you're, for you're, once in my life, right? Something exactly. Lined up. You're right. You're lucky. You're lucky. So, how's Larry doing? All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I I did I did a show uh, recently, and you know he writes the the scenarios. Yeah. And uh, so I read the scenario and everything, and then I thought of one thing that might be funny yeah and it worked oh good and every once in a while you know yeah. he, he he gives you sort of the leeway yeah. of what you can do and I, he, he wrote a double 
and I hit a triple. Oh, good. And it was great. Oh, good. And working with him, he, I'm a giggler. Yeah. Larry is a giggler. Yeah. And there was an episode <laughs> once where we giggled and giggled and giggled, and then finally Larry got over it, but I hadn't. <laughs> And it's like he's looking at me like, all right, that's enough already. That's enough. That happened with Carol Burnett, too. If we giggled, we giggled. She loved it. And then already, that's okay. enough. That's take, okay, no more. And I can't stop it. It's Giggling is, has nothing to do with my- It's weird, it's it's, weird when that happens. It is weird. You know what a famous one was? What? Uh, uh, the movie The Fly with Vincent Price yes. and Herbert Marshall. Yeah. Took them two- like they were maybe given two days to shoot that scene. Yeah, yeah. It took them much longer because they couldn't believe that these two, at the time, such yeah. great English actors, right. were talking about a man who became a fly. And they giggled. They for, couldn't stop uh, it. They couldn't stop. Yeah. Well, I enjoy talking to you. I love talking to you. I I am sincere when I see you. I I'm really happy to see you because I love you, your work. Thank you. And then I love everything. And I was really happy to be here. It, there was. And I like talking about do, me. Do, 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 you, do you feel okay about our time here? Yes. Good. I do. Good. I'm a, I'm a decent interview. I said I want to be the best. I know I'm going to be you a decent interview. You know what you interview. are? And I'll tell you what. Go ahead. No one is like you. That is, yeah, okay. Hmm. Yeah. No one is like you. Thank you. You That's are, uh, you are uh, unto yourself, an original. Mm-hmm. There's a, no one's like you. So in that way, you can only be- I can the- only be the best. Exactly. <laughs> I understand. And therefore, I'll live with it. I am the best. I love you, man. I love you. Richard Kind, that was just an engaged conversation. It wasn't even like, it was just all of a sudden we're talking. And then after that, after we talked, we went in the house. I asked him if he wanted some smoked sable. And some pickled onions and some beets and horseradish. He said no. And then I said, I, I, it, it's good. He goes, okay. So we ended up eating lunch together uh, in my house and gossiping off mic about people. You know how that goes. Richard is in a show called Everything's Gonna Be Okay, which airs Thursday nights on Freeform and is streaming the next day on Hulu. And now I'm going to play the same three or so chords I always play, but they sound different. Everywhere.